Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for choosing Pilot Program. We ask that you please fasten your seatbelts and put your tray tables in the upright and locked position. Enjoy your flight. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come on and fly with me. Let's fly, let's fly away. Come fly with me. Good afternoon, let's passengers. This is your Captain Chase Kenneke speaking. The date is July 10th? 10th, yep. yeah, 2023. The, uh, the temperature is currently 88 degrees and sunny in St. Louis. I would say maybe a little too hot, and it's supposed to get hotter tomorrow, which I don't like. Um, along with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Pierce Corshane. Hello, Pierce. How's the weather in uh, the East Coast? It's hot as well, yeah. Um, hot all over. It's hot. Like, Listen, there's this thing called climate change. And I just tell me about it. I don't know if you I don't know if you heard about it yet in uh, Missouri. No, uh, no. I know I don't news think, travels slow down we, there. I don't think we have that here in, in Missouri. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, it's just roasting up here, and it's raining all the time, so it's always humid. That's that's uh, that's not great. We got we got a decent amount of rain recently, but now it's just hot. Um, well, welcome everyone to Pilot Program. This is the show where Pierce and I watch every television show. Well, the first episode, the first episode of, of, yes. of every. Te- if we watched every television show front to back, that this would be a much more difficult. We don't show. we don't have time for that chase, but we do no. have time in our lives to watch every television show once maybe <laughs> maybe uh but we do watch the first episodes of every television show ever made here uh this is episode 15 14 14 this is episode 14 so we got a ways to go um today's episode is on the bear but before we get into the bear let's uh let me ask the question that you love answering pierce did you watch any more of our last episode show which was rupaul's drag race nope no, yeah, I haven't watched I. much of any show other than The Bear, I guess, at this point. Yeah. Um, had some travel. It was July 4th weekend, so doing a lot of family stuff and grilling out. You know, not a lot of TVs next to the grill where I am. Middle class family, not one of those upper class families <laughs> with the TV out next to the grill. Uh, so yeah, you got to get a TV in the grill. That's that's the that's living that's the right life. there. That's the <laughs> yeah, American exactly. dream. Uh, um, I I also didn't watch any more of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, I will tell you, with us doing it happened with uh, Hell's Kitchen as well. When doing the research and learning who wins, uh, really does take the wind out of my sails on watching any more of it because I kind of just know what happens now. Um, but also, we we talked about it. while while I did think RuPaul's Drag Race was fun, I, I don't think it's necessarily a show that I'm going to get way into, even if I can appreciate. Um, it's, uh, what it's doing and its abilities and its, uh, execution. Not, not really my thing. Um, you know, what is my thing though, or I think is my thing, at least based on the first episode, uh, it's the bear. I think the bear's pretty good. Bear's very good. I'm surprised you didn't watch it last summer when it was sort of taking the world by storm. I'm, I'm also surprised. I don't, I don't know what stopped me or, or what happened. I've had friends talk about it a lot. Um, and you know, I've got one, one really good friend who just absolutely swears by it. And he even said, oh, you got to you got to do the bear for pilot program. And I said, you got to listen to the show before you can make demands of <laughs> of what yeah. we do on the show. Have they even subscribed uh, to our Patreon. 
Uh, <laughs> we don't have a Patreon, <laughs> Pierce. Uh, so, Bobby, this one's for you. But actually, it's more for me because I wanted to watch the bear because now I have an excuse to watch the rest of the bear. Uh, Pierce, let's get in and talk about the bear. Uh, and I'm going to pose the question to you. Um, wh- what is the bear? What's the premise of the bear? Oh, so now I have to read your premise uh, text, not just your uh, narrative text. You know what? I might read the narrative text. And, and also, also uh, to, to save you and the listeners, I, I just copied these from Wikipedia. I've given up. This is me giving up. Oh, letting no, Wikipedia no, no, no. Do the we job. are not doing that. We're going off book. We're not reading from the notes. Great. I would premise. rather I would rather not do that. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to let some AI like Wikipedia <laughs> tell me what to do. I don't think that's how Wikipedia works, but I like the enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, sort of a classic story of the hero coming home, um, except for the hero is the chef and he's very broken inside. Uh, he's coming home because his brother, who owned this famous beef sandwich place uh in chicago sort of on hard times is beloved but wasn't really making a lot of money um and his brother killed himself so carmy is the main character he's uh, a very famous chef in new york city who's goes through a whole experience in new york city also is he famous exactly or is he just very well trained I think he's pretty famous. Okay. Um, I'm yeah. I guess, based on I guess this first right. episode, like the, you don't yeah. necessarily know. You can you kind of get some hints from another character, sort of being in awe around him. Um, a little bit more is revealed later in the episode, but we only watched the first episode or later in the season. But we only watched the first episode here. So. Okay. Um, yeah. So he 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 is very well trained and very well skilled, and he he sort of comes back home because his brother leaves him the restaurant, and he tries to kind of put it back together, make it financially um, stable and, and also sort of take care of his family. Um, and while also, you know, taking care of himself a little bit uh, as well. And, and I mean, also a little bit based on, on just this one episode, you've seen some, you've seen the bear before. Have you seen season two yet? Yeah, I've seen everything. Okay. Uh, I have, I've kept myself pure. I've only watched this first episode. I will watch the rest of it very soon after I promise. Um, it seems like there's also a bit of trying to get some self-fulfillment by taking this this restaurant that has uh, its own way of doing things, which not, might not be the best or most efficient or most delicious way of doing things and trying to bring in some of his uh, like, hey, I'm a really good chef. I know what the fuck I'm doing. I know how to cook food and trying to uh, upgrade this this place a little bit. Yeah, yeah. there. They're a restaurant that has dull knives and inefficient like patterns within the the kitchen, inefficient um, ways of cooking, and and then also just like the personalities that are in the kitchen as well, waste a lot of time arguing, <laughs> and just like kind of being up their own ass. Um, so he's trying to sort of get everything into shape. Uh, one because that's sort of a way to honor his brother's legacy, but also one because he that that that's just how he's wired. I think it's he's he is a professionally trained trained chef and you are almost like a uh, a militant in some ways if you expect to have those sort of standards yeah uh well before we get into the the characters and actors uh this is a show that aired uh six what's the six june 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 is the sixth month i know Mm -hmm. this i went to school uh june 23rd 2022 um it originally uh premiered on hulu even though it's produced by FX. Um, 
FX, I guess, is doing some of this recently where they have like their their FXP, FX Productions that, that makes things and then it gets put on on other things because FX this... has also got bought by Disney. So it's all OK. I was going to ask who owns FX, um, but you just answered it. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure they got bought by Disney. Um, so they they get to do Disney gets to do whatever the fuck they want um, as as per usual. Um, the showrunner and creator of The Bear is Christopher Storer. He is uh, he was the director and producer on a number of stand-up specials for comedians like Bo Burnham or Chris Rock or Jeff Garland. Uh, the Bear, from what I could tell, is his first writing credit, and he says he was inspired to create the show after being a frequent customer of the show's real-life uh, basis, the the actual inspiration, um, which is Mr. Beef in Chicago. Mr. Have you Beef. have you ever uh, eaten at Mr. Beef? Pierce? I have not. No. Have, no. have you ever been to Chicago, Pierce? A number of times. Yes. Okay. Okay. I've, I've We're been... Midwesterners. Chicago was our capital city in so many ways. <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> if it wasn't for Chicago, this truly would be flyover country because <laughs> nobody gives a fuck about St. Louis. That's for sure. Um, and I live here. <laughs> they used to. Um, yeah, uh, I yeah I've uh, I haven't eaten at Mr. Beef. I've I've been to Chicago a, a small handful of times, but I didn't. I'm sure business is booming now. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so let's get into the actors here. We've got Jeremy Allen White as Carmen Carmi uh, Berzato. Bear Berzato. I think I it's Berzato. I think okay. Burr. Okay. Because because yeah. his sister calls him Bear. And I assume the bear is coming from his, his last so, name. Okay. It, in this it, in this first episode, that... uh, who knows why, where the okay. name comes from? I mean, I've seen I've seen a bear on the the window of the shop. I I guess I saw Brazado and thought, is that where you got the bear? This is me coming in not knowing anything. So <laughs> a that's bumbling cool. Bumbling idiots. Yes. Hey. Ignorant yes. like a child. As per usual. Um, Jeremy Allen White has also played Philip Lip Gallagher in the U.S. version of Shamelessness. Shameless, 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 not shamelessness. Yeah. Uh, I that. haven't seen. I haven't yeah. either. Uh, that, let's uh, let's put that one on the list. I think yeah. it already is on the list. I think I think it's like a double feature with the UK version of Shameless um, that you will uh, you will grumble we, about. We don't need oh, to do that, man. Oh, we got to do two episodes in the one. Uh, uh, fuck yeah, yeah. No, I already heard the grumbling when I wrote it down. Uh, he's also had small parts in two episodes of Law and Order and one episode of Law and Order SVU. That is the special victims unit version of, of mm-hmm. Law and Order, just mm-hmm. just so you know. Uh, and he also plays Kevin Miller in Movie 43, um, which uh, is like a... a <laughs> I, got, I a guess well, you got to eat, so... A, a well-known bad movie uh, that I have not seen, but <laughs> honestly very intrigued by hearing about how, how bad it was. Speaking of needing to eat, uh, he could eat that golden raspberry that he shared with the entire cast uh, for that movie. So good on you. Award-winning yes. actor Jeremy yes. Allen White. <laughs> I I'm think sure I, he's got some Emmys or something at this point. Did he win anything last year? Do, do people care, yeah. care about the Emmys at all? Do 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 I care about the Emmys or do people care about the Emmys? I mean, people people like you. People people like me don't care about the Emmys. Exactly, but, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I guess people with TV podcasts probably should care about the Emmys, right? I don't I don't really care about awards. Uh, yeah. I guess the Oscars are. The Oscars are kind of it. Grammys I, certainly don't mean anything anymore. Well, sure. Um, 
I mean, when they gave one to Taylor Swift instead of Beyonce, that was that was the last straw. Me and Kanye had had words. Uh, <laughs> you agree with Kanye in many things, and we should really talk about yeah, that. At some uh, point. Yeah, absolutely. On a on a different episode, I'm sure all the. I mean, like with your friends and family gathered around in an intervention uh, setting. My my family, I'm I would tell you right now, <laughs> oh, at no. least oh, no. 75 percent of my family wouldn't even know who Kanye was. <laughs> oh, stop this bit. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that they agreed with him. No, 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 no. I, again, That's they'd good. have to know him to be able to agree with him. So I, I don't know about any of that. Um, let's let's just move on uh, to Eben Moss Bacharach. Bacharach. Sure. Backrack. Back. I, <laughs> I prefer backrack. <laughs> Uh, he plays Richard Richie uh, Jeremovich or Jeremovic. You know they don't say his last name in the in the in the first episode, so I can't help you. They they just keep saying Richie, which is which is fine. I call him Richie. Uh, he, he also plays Frederick or Frederick. Jesus Christ, I can't do names at all today. Frederick the Bellboy in the Royal Royal Tenenbaums. He has three parts in Law and Order episodes. Take that, Jeremy Allen White. He's in one episode of Law and Order. Or no, he's not. Sorry. He's one episode of Law and Order Criminal Intent, one episode of Trial by Jury, and one episode of SVU. That stands for Special Victims Unit, Pierce. Were you paying attention last time? Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Why don't they call it uh, Law and Order TBJ? That's what they should be calling they, that. They, 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 you know what? They probably do. <laughs> they probably do. Uh, I don't know if it lasted long enough for anybody to care about Trial by Jury. Um, I, I, but I don't remember them calling it CI either for criminal intent. Maybe they did. I don't know. Criminal intent. Criminal I think intent is a good one. Yeah, it sounds badass. Criminal intent. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Ooh, uh, chills. I want to watch that show. It's the that's the very psychological uh, Law and Order because the other ones aren't. Um, also, it's it's got Vincent D'Onofrio in it, so it's automatically the best one. Um, and then he's when the guy, he's him, the guy that plays had... the bad guy in um, uh, Men in Black. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you're, you're not you're not wrong about that. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, we should probably talk about him as well. Um, the things that I know him from, uh, are Desi Harperin in Girls and Arvel Skeen in Andor. That's a Star Wars show. And you know, it's a Star Wars show because the name is stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we've got oh, Jesus Christ. I, I should really uh, listen to people say these names in in YouTube videos before I just write them down and and call it a day. Ipe. I I actually don't know how to say her name. Then that's yeah. that's our bad. Uh, we, yeah, it is our bad. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna fix that right now. Uh, yeah, or, go go for it. Anabiri uh, is, is her last name. She is fantastic. She's maybe my favorite character from this very first episode. Uh, she plays Sydney uh, Adamu. Uh, she is the voice of April O'Neil in the 2023 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem movie. Uh, she is also the, vis- the voice of Missy Foreman Greenwald in Big Mouth uh, and is also a writing a writer and consulting producer on that show as well. Dude, you spelled you spelled her name wrong. Did I? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, this is her, her name's um, Io. I thought, I thought I'd. It's just a typo. Could be. Could be. Why? Wow, I okay. we yeah, those, apologize those, those, profusely. Those, letter, those letters are next to each other on the keyboard. Uh, that is my bad. All right, fix now. I uh... <laughs> That's why we're just like standing over it, like, okay, what do we do with this name? Yeah, it's just yeah. not a name. That's why. <laughs> there you go. I am uh, very and, sorry. 
Yes, absolutely. We'll we'll have our uh, people get in touch with your people, and we'll we'll make a formal apology over the phone. Um, and she also has a, a recurring role as Aisha Teagues in Abbott Elementary, which I hear is a very good show. We should yeah, that's we another should watch one that I, one too. I, I mean, I haven't seen Andor either. Um, so I've seen sh- Andor. Shameless it's, Andor, yeah, Abbott Elementary, all going to be in the next episodes, along with uh, Law and Order TBJ. Wow, you're just laying laying it out there. Uh, yeah, T- TBD on the TBJ there. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll get we'll get to it someday. Um, uh, we should just start up, with a really weird Law and Order for the first uh, absolutely the first pilot program yeah. episode. Don't start I mean, with the actual Law. No, order. fuck that. That wouldn't be fun. We're a, we're a podcast about having fun, right? We make our own rules. We only listen to our patrons. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's why we watch WWE uh, or F at the time. Uh, Raw is war because uh, the people demanded it. Uh, Abby Elliott plays Natalie Sugar Brazado. Uh, she is most well known as a cast member for 81 episodes of Saturday Night Live from 2008 to 2012. She has some small roles in Two Broke Girls, Hi, I Met Your Mother, Garfunkel and Oates, and a voice on King of the Hill. And she also is Brooke Von Weber, Weber? I think it's Weber, uh, in the Bravo show Odd Mom Out. Uh, and then lastly, I mean, there were, it was tough. Like this, this is a big ensemble cast and there's a bunch of fun people in the kitchen that I really wanted to mention, but I know Pierce doesn't want me to have too many, too many. No, I think this here. is good. You, the first, uh, four people that you have listed so far are the biggest characters. And the last one that you've listed is a big name in, yeah. in the well, world, I, but has a small role. Right. But and a, re- Abby, but a recurring and Ab- role. For for this very first episode, though, Abby Elliott also has a pretty small role. She's in like one scene, yeah. Um, and it felt weird putting her in, but she's also a name that people know, and and wanted to mention that. Uh, but the name that we care about—that's our true last one here—is Maddie Matheson plays Neil Fack. Amazing, um, amazing last name too. One, yeah, <laughs> was ever in the writers uh, room making that. Touché. Just, just so good. Uh, Maddie Matheson, Maddie Matheson, not an actor exactly, uh, but a a chef, a celebrity chef, uh, a new a new age celebrity chef. Yeah, I would say he's a part of a, an era of celebrity chefs that were less about fine dining and more about celebrating like all types of food. I yeah. think he had the fine dining chops as well, but I felt like he got famous for. Not, I don't want to say like the man versus food type of uh, celebratory, but no. like that sort of like travel, like general curiosity of people. Yeah, I, I mean, man, maybe we should have talked about this a little bit more uh, when it came to Hell's Kitchen. But I feel like there is like a Gordon Ramsay in the world uh, and then kind of somewhere in the middle is like an Anthony Bourdain where he's. He's yeah. like both kind of this rock and roll and also this this super trained chef. And I guess like Ramsey's somewhere kind of there, because then you have like the the real chefs I, who I'm not saying that Gordon Ramsey's not a real chef, but he also does some of that, that rock and roll kind of style. And then Anthony I would say rock, gets further away. I would think rock and roll is the wrong term for it. What I'm thinking more is like a, how approachable are they? How like man of Mm. the people are they person of the people okay and where gordon ramsay like elevates himself in such a way where sort of that's a guy who cares about michelin stars yeah that cares about exactly and anthony bourdain i don't i don't think cares about michelin star i mean i I think think anthony bourdain's the kind of guy that's like if i'm gonna play the game i'm gonna i'm gonna try to beat gordon ramsay but at the same time it's he'll turn around 
to the guy smoking a cigarette on the street and be like, it's absurd that a tire company is raiding our restaurant <laughs> and like have a, like a moment with him and get a beer with that guy. And Maddie Matheson is, is the guy with the cigarette on the corner. <laughs> yeah. That's getting the I, beer. With Andy like there's like a, like almost like a counterculture chef, uh, wave that we're going through. I mean, I, I feel like this was kind of led by an action Bronson. Wouldn't you say? Like this, this kind of <laughs> hip hop, hip hop I mean, style. Bronson is a rapper also, first. Well, yeah, foremost. but like he's, he's not just a, he's done no, a sure, yeah. but I, I don't think you'd have Maddie Matheson without an Action Bronson who was also doing cooking just shit. because they look alike. Because they yes. both showed up on Vice. Like I, I think there's, Vice, yeah. I think there's, there's a lot, not anymore. But um, yeah. anyway, I like Matty Matheson. He is, he is probably my favorite uh, YouTuber chef person on the internet. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry, Babish. Uh, you're, you're number two in my book. You know, you know, you know Matty Matheson. Um, Pierce, you know who Benji McBabish is? No. Okay. Well, he looks a lot like you, except he makes better food. Ooh, uh, I like him now. now. Now are you interested? Um, he's pretty good. Anyway, uh, Matty Matheson, he's got a lot of cooking and travel shows that he's done for both Vice uh, and now on YouTube. Um, he's done. OK, let's run down some of these shows. It's Supper Time. Keep a Canada with Matty Matheson. Dead Set on Life and Stupid Cook, a Stupid Fucking Cooking Show. Uh, I just watched him make chicken and waffles uh, over the weekend on his uh, his newest youtube cooking show called uh cooking something uh with maddie matheson good stuff good stuff um he's also the author of two cookbooks maddie matheson a cookbook very very on the nose uh and also maddie matheson home style cookery and then he is the owner of several restaurants in ontario including maddie's patty's burger club prime seafood palace and rizzo's house of parm which is named after his daughter rizzo uh, yeah, Matty Matheson rules. I, I like him a lot. I think he's fun, uh, and his his cooking style is one that I feel like, oh, I could I could maybe make this food. Not as well as him, obviously, but I might be able to do this. Anyway, it's time to uh, synopsize. I don't think that's a word. Uh, the plot of the first episode of The Bear. Uh, I did tell Pierce that I would I would do this, so I guess I'm going to do it. But I'm going to try to not read straight from the Wikipedia on this, so we can. So we can all be happy. Um, so Carmen Carmi uh, is uh, is a James Beard award winning chef. Uh, and like Pierce said, he's coming back to Chicago to take over the family restaurant because his brother uh, committed suicide and he finds himself struggling um, and and clashing a lot with the the kitchen staff the current staff of the restaurant who are used to doing things a very certain way, um, doing it by the book through, through a tradition. What do they call it? The system, going against the system. Um, and he's trying to implement new ways of doing things, uh, because he realizes that the, uh, the, the, Stores out of money. (laughs) They don't they don't have the money to buy meat. Uh, In fact, most of this first episode is about how he's supposed to be ordering. I think it was 200 pounds uh, of beef and he only gets 25. So he's got to figure out a way to make up that cash um, and and have enough food to to serve that day. And also because he has to buy a different kind of meat uh, at a different time, uh, he's got to prepare that meat differently, which also goes against the system, which also continues to piss off um, both the kitchen staff and Richie, who is kind of the head of the kitchen. um, Now that 
Carmi's brother has has passed. He, yeah, Richie sort of assumes a role of the boss, kind of. He actually works the the counter, works mm-hmm. the front, and but he is the senior employee now that uh, the now that his his friend and um, Carmi's brother is dead. Uh, so yeah, he there's like a there is a power struggle immediately apparent in that. Yeah, so Carmi's uh, kind of kind of not not get rich quick scheme, but his his way to make some quick cash to uh, to hit the short term goals that they need is to set up a video game tournament with their with their arcade machines uh, for the game Ball Breakers in their in their restaurant and to uh, to load up a kind of impromptu tournament and hopefully gain some business that way. Which uh, kind of works, uh, but also kind of uh, gets a bunch of shit bags to come to the restaurant to make some trouble. And uh, Richie has to kind of deal with that. And then they kind of have a bit of an uneasy truce, Richie and Carmi, um, that, OK, maybe we can do this together. Uh, but we got to got to kind of put some of our uh, issues aside, which I'm going to guess they don't do for uh, for the remaining episodes in this season and the show going forward uh, because I've seen a television show before. Pierce, uh, without you giving away any other continuing knowledge, do you think uh, you think that was good or did I miss anything in there? It was great, yeah. The okay. only thing you didn't mention was um, Sydney gets hired. Or did you mention Right, yes. No, I did not, yeah. Yeah, so Sydney is is um, Io, the, the actor that we were talking about earlier, she comes in kind of off the street, um, and you, you learn that she, you know, she loves this this restaurant. Uh, she used to come here with her dad, is what she says to her. But it is a Culinary Institute of America trained chef, and is young, and is eager to work, and has the skills that are comparable to Carmi without the experience. And so she and Carmi are sort of that like bond of uh, classically trained people, formally trained people. Um, and then the rest of the, the group is, you know, kind of fly by the seat of their pants, learn on the job um, from different walks of life and are a part of the old guard. And those yeah. battle lines are sort of drawn uh, in that first episode. Uh, yeah. And also Carmi's sister has to grab a jean jacket, a vintage jean jacket, so he can pay for the sell meat. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I guess he keeps in his oven because that's what all good chefs do, right? Is keep the well, old denim, yeah. denim in the oven. I, I think that we can talk about that briefly. I think there's an <laughs> on running joke if you, I mean, like, especially in New York City, you use the oven for storage um, mm-hmm. because you're always out and New York City apartments are very small. So it's like a habit from New York City. Well, at the same time, yeah, it's it's probably a metaphor as well for the fact that he's not taking care of himself. He actually doesn't love cooking at this point in his life right now. He's not cooking at home, certainly. He's not cooking mm-hmm. for anyone either. Um, yeah. Do you want to get started from like kind of the beginning uh, of the I, episode? I, I, and I would I would love to. I would love to. Let's start with the the thing that Pierce loved the most about this episode, which was a dream sequence. Pierce, you love dream sequences, yes? How do you I don't understand how you start a show that is this good that that has a voice and has chemistry between the actors and a script that's pretty good with a fucking dream sequence. Like it's such a cop out. And it, okay. and it's it all it's all it is there to me is to establish like metaphors and communicate themes, but in a very lazy way. And it, those things become apparent if you just sit down and watch the show. It kind of reeks of this, um, like th- this ambition to tell a story that's richer than just what's 
on the screen while also not the confidence to tell that story. I, I can see that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could see it being um, not a vestige exactly, um, like something something that you get in the streaming era that uh, I can see somebody at, at the Hulu headquarters, Mr. Hulu, uh, saying, ah, oh, we need we need something to grab the audience and let them know what's happening right away. And and, you know, a metaphor dream sequence kind of thing. The dream sequence is uh, a bear in a cage on on a bridge in Chicago, uh, um, assumingly. Uh, and Carmi is opening that cage to the bear uh, and then the bear comes out and attacks him. Um, so, I mean, you could read it, it like it's a metaphor. You could read it a couple different ways. Uh, I, I like to think it's giving you that frame of reference of, OK, you're coming home. You're, you're coming to something that is um, somewhat familiar to you, but you also are, are literally opening uh, the bear cage here. And it's it's something that uh, might kill you. If yeah, you don't. It's, it's going to get much worse if it ever gets better for you. Yeah. I mean, I could also see it being like, oh, it's his rage about his brother's passing. He's not over that yet either. Yeah. And he's trying to deal with inner feelings. Um, yeah, no, I could I could totally see it as as that kind of thing. Well, like, oh, we just need to give some some the audience some some red meat real early. Um, there's another there's another thing that's going on. The a trend that's going on these days. Have you seen like the, the movie trailers on YouTube for the YouTube pre-rolls where they show you like here's the five second trailer uh, before you hit skip yes. on, the, on the pre-roll <laughs> yeah. and then, okay, are we past that? All right, let's show you the whole 30 second trailer now. Uh, but here's all the stuff we know you want to see right before you hit skip. Don't please don't hit skip. Uh, and I, I think that's really fucking lame. I, I know why they do it. I'm in marketing. I, I completely understand why it happens, uh, but I think it fucking sucks. And I think you could draw maybe not a straight line, but a somewhat squiggly line from, from that yeah, to, to the stream are... sequence to start with people are much more patient and willing to give something a, a try when it's like an actual ass show yeah. on, on a major streaming network. I'm using that in quotes, a fucking YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, I, I certainly didn't have the, uh, the response that you had to it, but I, you know, it wasn't my favorite part and it goes on for a while. It's like the first minute and change of the, of the episode. And it, it is, uh, a much different, style than the rest of the episode because the rest of the episode has this pace that just is is almost unrelenting of just moving 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 super fast dialogue going back and forth um you know you're you're not really introduced to a character of this is character this is their name this is kind of what they're about it's all just happening so fast you're like did i even catch that person's name i don't know they i think they said it once i uh, i don't know um but you you get it eventually like it's it it is also character flavorful stuff that, that you start to form opinions about these characters, even if you don't know their names. So there is just kind of this big torrid pace that's happening. Whereas this first minute and change is, is just very slow and approaching the cage. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. It felt very different from the rest of the episode. It does feel very different. And um, I don't, th there's never another dream sequence throughout the rest of this episode, right? There's no, doesn't end on it. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't really remember. Is there not? Yeah, I think I think you're right because he's he doesn't have time to take a nap any other <laughs> any other point. Right. In the yeah. Episode. Um. So yeah, it, it, let's 
if we can move on, I would like to move on from okay. the, the It's a show called The Bear. Sticks. People are going to bear. expect a bear to be there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I, and, and that's you know also what? like here's, here's a bear. Frustrating because one of the things I love uh, that some shows do is they give characters nicknames without mm-hmm. ever explaining what the nickname comes from. And I th- I just think that's cool because that, that what that tells you is like you're not entitled that you as the audience are not entitled to every bit of information that is between these characters. Mm-hmm. And like, yes, the show is called the bear, but like make people wait a little bit. It doesn't like, there are probably some people that think the show is called the bear because of that first scene. And that's also not right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, the, now I said, I, mean, I didn't want to talk about this anymore. Well, and then I started talking do, about it. Why more. do you think they, why do you think his nickname is Carmi? Uh, <laughs> uh, he just really loves uh, Carmel, and he puts yeah, it in all of his that's dishes. Probably, that's probably it. Not because his first name is Carmen. Carmen but yeah, yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, couldn't, couldn't, yeah. Couldn't tell. Couldn't tell. So, that so that first, the first after that sequence ends, the the first bit is sort of, or the first section of the the show, the first act, if you will, is about him trying to get product. Essentially, they need to open, and they need to cook beef in order to sell sandwiches and they don't have any beef um so what you were saying he 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 orders 200 pounds and only two or only 20 shows up so he ends up getting um bone-in meat which takes longer to cook if you but you can cook it in a different way uh to cook it in time for opening and he doesn't have the money in the account so he's trading his vintage levi's uh or selling them in order to to get this food sort of that they can open this first day. as well as a big bag of quarters and a big bag of quarters exactly yeah um but which they take from the uh the arcade machines in, in that front area the ball breaker um, do, we, do we want to talk about ball breaker at all i think so like we've okay. we've sort of hit some of the characters and and the that's so if that's the first half of the episode this the the next sort of part is that he's planning this tournament for ball breaker i i think it's i think it's really noble to build your own fake video game um and not only did you just build a cabinet for it in fact they have for some reason they have three cabinets of ball breaker and all three cabinets are different sizes um i don't know if that's how arcade games would work but i'll i'll we'll we'll accept it here um but they they made graphics for it uh they're talking about the game and the game's mechanics like maddie matheson uh's character fac is is kind of this mechanic guy who who hangs around and is friends with richie and the and the brother who who yeah he's like he's kind of a hanger on he's a friend he's friends with everyone but he's not actually officially employed by the restaurant uh you know if i do a couple things yeah if i do a couple (laughs) things for you give me a sandwich what what more could you ask for um so he's he's there talking about the video game like man it's it's too difficult it's a fighter and a side scroller at the same time uh and i'm over here as the video game guy going yeah that would be fucking hard that would be hard yeah that's true um so so i did appreciate that stuff i i also remember uh the the movie the wrestler that made its own nes wrestling game that they they played um in his trailer and i went oh that's like what a what a cool touch to to actually build a, a functioning game that uh that movie built an actual functioning game i don't know if this is functioning or if it was just hey we we made enough assets to make it work in the show um but yeah, I, I like that you made Ball Breaker. I like that you called it Ball Breaker Tournament Edition. That's that's just some good, that's some good silly. There was, good stuff. Yeah, there was it's some good silly stuff, and like like you were saying, all of it read authentic. 
mm -hmm. all, all everything on the arcade machine and, and how Maddie Matheson was talking about red authentic. And yeah. that's what made it so frustrating that when the, the people actually show up for the tournament and they're in a line outside, it's a complete opposite. It, it yeah. reads as like this, someone who's never been to a Comic-Con thinks of what people go to a Comic-Con look like. And they're all right. dressed up in the middle of the day. They're like cosplaying for this tournament when if there's any sort of competitive scene, it's not going to be at a beef restaurant that doesn't have tournaments. It's going to be like you were saying uh, online with ROMs or like somewhere else at at Evo for, for even I don't know like right, it's going like, to be at uh, some official organization or official community groups it's not going to be some beef restaurant in Chicago yeah it's like somebody wrote the episode first and it has the game like whoever wrote the episode and put the game in brilliant well done uh, chef's kiss if you will but then uh, again it, it just feels like the hand of an editor somewhere of going well we need we need to know that these guys, these people are gamers outside. What what do we know about gamers? And uh, they just put in some of the dumbest shit. Uh, like, oh, well, they should be in costume. Uh, and also they I, for for being <laughs> for some of the things that are yelled at them later in the episode. And I will go down the entire list. Um, it, it's a very diverse crowd, which also felt yeah. weird to me because <laughs> uh, because when you have Richie come coming out and calling them. Uh, any of you incel QAnon 4chan Snyder Cut motherfuckers want to get on a line now, uh, which is a fantastic line. I, I have no problems with the line. Um, but then you you cut back to the line and there's like, oh, there's like a, a Latin guy and a black girl. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah, How? pretty diverse crowd. Pretty like yeah. different difference in age ranges. Also, it's like it doesn't. Yeah, you are lampooning a certain subgroup of people who would get excited about an arcade game having a tournament while yeah. also not like following if, through if you're like i don't know what out, i want actually yeah if you're gonna yell out incel QAnon, 4chan snyder cut like those got there's got to be some like 20 something white we know guys. what those guys look like <laughs> that needs to be a bunch of 20 something white guys and and it does seem like somebody in the casting department was like oh extras let's make sure we get a diverse cast and I'm like no 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 for this you don't you don't want them to be diverse that's not <laughs> that's not what's happening here um yeah. so it is it is this kind of weird dichotomy of like wow really detail oriented for the video game and then uh what what happened with these the group of shitty gamers yeah uh, just feels very weird i mean it works for the story but but as a person who I, I guess would be described as a gamer, uh, I could see somebody like maybe somebody from my family <laughs> watching the show and going, is that what you do? And I like, no, ab absolutely fucking not. I wouldn't be on the sidewalk in fucking Chicago dressed up as a carrot to play a fucking arcade machine for maybe uh, free ice cream for a year. That doesn't that ain't going to work for me. Yeah, it doesn't miss. Yeah. It, it is it's a huge miss and they um they could have changed they could have salvaged it in so many other ways like okay this is a cult game and we we're going to have some sort of tournament based off of it and or it doesn't but i'm just like trying to think of ways that you could have saved it and it there are a number of different avenues and they sort of mash together uh sort of a bunch of bad decisions but um yeah. in the lead up to that the they show they sort of introduce all of the characters and all the minor characters as well um, and the chemistry is just off the chain. Like the, these actors working together are really comfortable around each other. And it, 
it feels like they have been working together in a restaurant for years on end. Um, they're hardened and they're hardened in a way that anyone that comes into that space that is new, they, they lash out at them. They become mm -hmm. territorial of their spaces and also of their people. And, and they have their own language. Like they, they'll say behind or they'll say corner when, a, when they're walking around to make sure that, you know, nobody's going to run into them. Um, which is which is something you'll see in in higher tier restaurants as well. But they also uh, seem to be uh, befuddled when Carmi calls them chef. Um, in yeah. fact, one of my favorite things is Tina, who is who is uh, one of the one of the cooks back there. Um, she uh, mishears him and she looks back at him and goes, Jeff. And yeah. <laughs> and he's what? And then she sarcastically just starts calling him Jeff for the rest of the episode, which is so good. I, I loved that. Loved that a lot. But everybody he's calling chef and they're all going, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's not it's not my name. That's not what we're doing here. And and at one point he does explain, like, I call people chef because it's a sign of respect. Uh, but it's it's a sign of respect that they don't understand. So they're not feeling respected by hearing it until it gets explained. So it is kind of that one thing of I'm on a, like I'm on a completely different plane of existence from you guys. So even when I'm trying to kind of pay you a compliment, you don't even understand my compliment because that's not your world. Yeah. I think it, it comes across as patronizing because mm -hmm. they're, they're very proud of the sandwiches that they make, but they still know that this is a greasy sandwich shop and uh, a part of Chicago that doesn't have fine dining. Yeah. And so there like are no when, Michelin stars here. Stop yeah. calling us chef. Like we're yeah. we're stop cooks. glamorizing. I, I think yeah. yeah. I think they would say like we're cooks. We're not chefs. We're not we're not making fine dining food. We're just making fucking food. Yeah. And and for him to come in and try to treat them like something that they're that they don't feel like they are, um, that that can get under your skin. And so then they kind of lash back out and and are not <laughs> are not like really copacetic to the to the stuff that he's trying to do. Yeah. If and and this is mainly affecting everybody else but Sydney. Sydney mm -hmm. is sort of an exception to all these rules because Sydney is one. She's she's very observational in that first episode, and that she's watching the politics play out. But she's also here for one person, and that's Carmi. Um, so she she is doing the same as as Carmi. She's going to follow his lead, and I like that there are two camps, sort of. I, and what I alluded to it at the beginning of the episode of like, if Sydney and Carmi are on one side, mm -hmm. the rest of the team is on another. And that there's a couple of different reasons why I like that one. So Carmi's not alone. So it's not like they're, they're all kind of ganging up on him, but I like that he has uh, an ally in this sort yeah. of pursuit. And then the other camp is sort of led by Richie and to a lesser extent, Tina, where they're all just kind of like the jokesters at the back of the class. And there there's one scene where Richie's like telling a story and he's getting interrupted and he keeps on, you know, telling them, telling the person to go away, go away because he wants to tell his story. And meanwhile, they're like, there's a ton of work to be done. And to Richie, like, this is the job. It's goofing off with Tina and eventually serving sandwiches. And he likes that. He likes, he's sort of standoffish and, rough around the edges and everyone else follows his lead on that other side. Well, also for, for them, it's, they have been doing it like this again. They, they go through a, they have a system, a, a literal system that this is, this is the way we've done things for years. And for them, it's always worked out just fine. We just stick to the system and that system allows for 
the kind of horseplay, kind of having fun, uh, chatting it up, not really worrying about things too much. And when Carmi comes in and both one is trying to change the kitchen for the better uh, and two telling them, hey, your way, your 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 system, which which you swear and die by, um, it ain't working because the the restaurant's broke. The restaurant's broke as shit. Um, yeah. like obviously this isn't going to sustain itself if you keep doing it the way you've always done it. But for them, there is this, this is no, this is the way we've always done it. We, you know, I, I can't adjust the way I make this bread. I, I make the bread the way I make the bread. And if this thing is broke, I need you to fix the thing. And, and Carmi comes in and goes, you know, it, we can, we'll get you a new mixer. The mixer's not, the, I mean, the mixer is, a, is a problem, but, you can fix this right now by uh, putting like a tray of water in the oven to to steam the buns a little bit and make the make the bread um, more pliable. And when he tries it, um, I forgot that character's name. Marcus. Uh, Marcus. Is, Marcus is the baker uh, in the show. He sort of works in the back baking all the bread that the sandwiches are on. Yeah. And when he finally tries it and and it works out and he's really proud of of how it turned out and he comes to Carmi and says, yeah, just like you said, that's that's pretty cool. And then at one point he sees like the big book uh, that has Carmi's uh, accomplishments and the and the James Beard Beard Award. Uh, and he kind of looks over it and, and there is this this kind of feeling that, man, maybe he gets it. Maybe maybe he's understanding that. This this guy knows what he's talking about, and and maybe if I listen to him, I'll I'll get better, and we'll have a better restaurant. And he's the first one to call Carmi chef back in return, uh, to show that maybe hey something is breaking through. Um, it's a it's a really sweet moment, and one of the things I love about the show is like it's regular people trying to be better every single day, and Marcus is the first evidence of that that it that it is possible in mm-hmm. so many ways, and it starts with a change of attitude and change of like perception of the world around you um and he's just a great character uh to to kind of watch get that light bulb turned on at that moment definitely i want to get back to sydney though because sydney i think i think you feel the same way is my favorite character from this first episode um and and i think it is because she's kind of you know, she definitely is in Carmi's camp of like a more uh, uh, higher trained chef who knows the language of calling people chef, knows her knife work or whatever, uh, understands how to make fancier food. But she also is from this place. She came here with her dad. She she knows what she's signing up for. So she's kind of a little bit in both worlds. But she definitely is an outsider. And one of the thing that was one of the things that I thought was, was really interesting and, and gave her character some real depth is that, you know, when you see a, a character like Sydney show up in a story as an outsider, they would be an outsider because she's black or an out character, an outsider because she's a, she uh, like there'd be something about her gender or her, her, her race to be that, well, you know, you're not you're not one of us but that is not the case here it is it has nothing to do with her with her gender or her race in fact her gender and her race make her fit much more with the rest of the kitchen staff than they do with carmy the the thing that makes her an outsider is that she has she went to the the cia she went to the the culinary institute of america she has these skills she is classically trained in that in that way and and that puts her on the outside um, so I, I found that to be really cool and as, as something that we can we can build a lot more with this character than than a more tropey kind of thing of, 
you know, something something closer to what Marcus would be. Like if you had Marcus in the in the role that Sydney is doing, but not having Sydney's skill, I could see that being a little bit more tropey of like, oh, he's taking he's he's taking this person under his wing to mentor them as they go through. And Sydney doesn't need that. She she has those skills. She needs, you know, to just become part of this kitchen. And it's a it's a different uh, it, problem it, set with her. Yeah, I, I see what you mean in that, like, it can, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of shows that have like good intentions, but it is mm-hmm. sort of the white savior uh aspect and this isn't the case at all like you're saying sydney doesn't need this place in fact she shouldn't even be here because she's more talented than carmy even asks her like what are you doing here yeah and and she's the one who has to explain well my dad and i really like this place we came here all the time it's really important to me and then she even turns the question back on him at one point of like i know who you are you're like super good chef and that's also part of the reason i'm coming here is to work under you but what are you doing here yeah. To which he doesn't give her an answer, or at least not a good he one. Says, he says, making sandwiches. Making sandwiches, yeah. I love, which is an amazing line. I think mm-hmm. in that in that conversation between them, Sydney also sort of doesn't give all the information. Like, saying that I, I came here with my dad answers one question, but it also doesn't really answer all of them. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't answer the question of, well, you have ambition, right? Like, there's no ambition here. Like you you have career goals like this isn't a place that you're going to this isn't a launch pad right yeah you're and, not moving up in this uh in this restaurant yeah and, and but she doesn't she doesn't answer those questions and, and those questions aren't asked but what it alludes to is that there is another reason why she's here um that i find really interesting and i didn't really get that until i watched that second episode okay because um, there, so there's a little bit more mystery i would also say What's what makes her a part of Carmi's camp is not just her formal training, but also she's sort of a teacher's pet and mm. like wants to like, of course, aligns with Carmi because he has high standards and wants to be a part of that. But it also like has respect for authority and they no one in the kitchen has respect for authority. And if you have respect for authority, then they don't have respect for you. Yeah. And it like you're right. She has she has so much depth immediately. And in ways that you don't really see, especially in sort of kitchen shows, I think people get assigned to, um, like you're saying, tropes or, or, or roles pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, she she's great. And I, I'm just so excited you get to watch this show. I can't wait to talk to you after, you know, yeah. this weekend, because I'm sure you're going to binge a lot of it. Um, yeah, I wish uh, I, I wish the home run derby and the all star game weren't the next two nights, because I feel like I would just be watching uh, a lot of the bear. Um, but I will I will certainly find time this weekend. And, and I imagine watch the rest of the episodes of which there are not a lot. Um, the, there are only two seasons. Uh, this was an eight episode season for the first. And then the second season got a 10 episode set. So total of 18 episodes here. They're all on Hulu. Um, yeah, I mean, it. Anything else you want to talk about before we get into the, the kind of legacy the only, of the show? Yeah, the only other thing that I uh, put in put in my notes that we didn't really address is that they they play a lot of Wilco in this show, the band Wilco in the background, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Wilco is a Chicago band. Um, I think also some of like the the establishing shots uh, in the scenes are really on the nose. It's a lot of famous Chicago landmarks. Yeah, and. It gets a little tiresome to me. Um, and like I said at the beginning of this episode, like I have a lot of respect for Chicago because we grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Michigan and in St. Louis as well. 
um, and then we both went to the University of Missouri. So like Chicago kind of was the city in our region and I've had a lot of great time there, a lot of great nights and a lot of great times there. But uh, it just it just get a little yeah. hammy. I, I think that's what it is. Um, I was about to ask, you know, how many other shows are set in Chicago, though? And then I remembered there's a whole fucking series of yeah, Chicago Fire and Chicago, Chicago, Night, and Chicago yeah. PD. Yeah, like there's so many goddamn Chicago shows. Um, but still, like it's no you you take the amount of shows that are set in New York City versus the show the amount of shows that are set in in Chicago and you go oh okay there still aren't that many Chicago shows so i i can kind of understand being a little on the nose with some of your establishing shots and some of your b-roll and stock footage shit but i don't know yeah i i'm kind of with you i i want there to be uh some, maybe some more authentic chicago stuff in here and i'm i'm sure they will get to that and i'm sure as the as the show continues to go on which is a very highly acclaimed show i'm sure they will be getting more than two seasons um i i feel like you can have a little bit more freedom to to make it more chicago i'm not saying sammy sosa has to walk through the door and go hey give me uh give me a beef i think (laughs) it's they've they've tried to make it chicago in a way that's very uh appealing to an audience that isn't necessarily from there and maybe there's Mm -hmm. a bunch of shit in that this episode that i didn't pick up on because i've never lived in chicago you know visiting is one thing um but it just it just felt like we're gonna play the greatest hits here and it's gonna make you feel like it's chicago that's it that's the only other thing uh you want to talk about legacy or did, did they, you have any did, other things? Did they put the... I, I always call it the Sears Tower because that's what it was for me. The Willis Tower what or whatever the fuck it is. Um, uh, is that uh, in there? Yeah, I didn't I even remember, remember that. It's, called. There, uh, it's there in the background is. at one okay. point. Um, I don't remember. What is it called now? The uh, Willis Tower, I believe. Unless it, Tower, unless right. it changed. Yeah, unless it changed again. No, it's um, a serious tower for life. Yeah, always. And Pluto's a goddamn planet. Don't tell me it's not. Uh, God damn it. Bill Clinton's the president of the United States. <laughs> uh, and you know what? I hear that he didn't have sexual relations with that woman. Um, <laughs> That's anyway, legacy. Yeah, let, let us do. Um, so it, like I said, it has kind of universal acclaim. Uh, it's got 100% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. The uh, American Film Institute, the AFI, not that AFI, AFI the other AFI, uh, named it A one of the 10 inside. best shows, <laughs> uh, 10 best shows of 2022. Uh, Jeremy Allen White, in addition to his Golden Raspberry from Movie 43, um, he also won a best won the best actor in a comedy uh, series um, for both the Critics' Choice Award, the SAG Award and the Golden Globes. So he he does have an Emmy. Oh, there you go. Answer, yeah, there you thank go. you for that's answering the, that. That's the important thing. Um, and that's about it. I mean, the show can't have much of a legacy. It only has two seasons and um, it's still going. So, you know, what? it was fun doing something recent uh, that we're like, yeah. watching or have watched the, recently. The the Chicago Bears uh, with their um, with their uh, schedule reveal did a the bear theme with it. Oh, included, I gotta watch that. Yeah, that included WWE wrestler Seth Rollins, who is oh, from boy. Iowa, not from Chicago. So I feel like it was a weird pick, but it's fine. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. You know what? Just generally, you should watch all of the schedule releases for the NFL. There's a lot those of are, good ones. Uh, those are very fun. As a person who does not give a fuck about the NFL, uh, I find the schedule reveal things to be to be very good. Anyway. Uh, Pierce, that was the bear. We both liked it. Um, 
I'm going to keep watching more. You've already seen it. So that'll be that'll be interesting to answer that question uh, next week when I say, have you watched any more of the bear? And you go, well, I already did. So no. Yeah. But yeah, I'll 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 certainly bring it up. Um, but we have another episode that we're going to be doing here next time. Pierce, would you like to tell the fine folks what uh, what show we're doing for our next yeah. episode of pilot program? Yeah, we're watching the Twilight Zone, the original one, the 1959 one. Yeah, I mean, knowing me, I will. I will probably also watch the uh, the Jordan Peele uh, version too. I, 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 I have watched. I've watched it before. I remember it being good. I don't remember what the first episode one was, but uh, I'll probably watch both just to give a little comparison back and forth. Pierce, you do not have to do that. Uh, but yeah, we we wanted to do something really recent, and we did that with the bear, and now we want to do something really old, uh, and I think that's our oldest show, right? 1959. Uh, that's, yeah, we haven't done yeah. it in like uh, I Love Lucy or anything like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's older than Mash, and I think Mash was our oldest show beforehand. So that's, yeah, um, that's 1970. Yeah, exciting, exciting to do uh, do something older here, and uh, which means that our show after that, I don't know, is probably somewhere back in the middle. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it. Cool. Uh, Pierce. Two plugs. Yeah. Let's get into the plugs. You don't have anything to plug as normal, but you do like Don't follow me on out. social media. Delete your own yeah. social media. It's better sure. for your mental health. Um, I've been listening to... And, and just your regular health at this point. Just your regular health. Exactly. Yeah, that uh, that phone neck uh, will really hurt you after a while. <laughs> um, there's a band called Buggin. B-U-G-G-I-N. And okay. <laughs> they're from Chicago. Okay. Uh, that's and they something. Released, yeah, they released an album recently called Concrete Cowboys, and it's a, bear with me here, it's a mm-hmm. hardcore band, but they have a lot of, like, country influences. In did you say music. bear with me because our episode was on the bear? Yeah, I did that on purpose. Okay. I did, definitely didn't. Sure you did. Yep. Continue on. on purpose. Sorry, a um, hardcore band and then something else? They, they have a little country flair, a little country western flair into their songs, samples, things like that. Um, oh, so it's it, like outlaw country is then what you're saying? <laughs> it's hardcore <laughs> outlaw country sure yeah you get it yeah um, uh, i feel like i break pierce's heart a little bit when i ask him stupid questions a little bit you just sort of undermine the the great music that i'm throwing out here yeah i'm sorry um, this album maybe, maybe it, if you wear a bugging shirt some attractive woman at a at a missouri team store will point it out and go "Ooh, you're into cool bands that i like uh, that happened three times while we were at Mizzou. Uh, yeah, it did, it did happen. That was. Bullshit. I said thank you because I'm 33 and married, uh, and <laughs> kept walking. And um, I'm 33 and not married, wearing my Modest Mouse T-shirt. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about Modest Mouse anymore except me, apparently. I'm seeing them in August. Did I tell you that. I, you did not. That's great. I yeah. love that band. Um, tell Isaac I said hello. Okay, Isaac Brock. Uh, yep. Uh, you got a lot of time on the road. Have you ever heard of this uh, this podcast called Pilot Broker? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, the band is called Buggin. The album is called Concrete Cowboys. It's like 15 minutes long. It's tw- maybe 20 minutes long. And it's a hardcore album that's really, really unique. Uh, and you should check it out. Okay. Uh, Pierce, do you think that if the bear was filmed in Boston instead of Chicago, they would be playing Dropkick Murphys instead of Wilco? Oh, yeah. Shipping up to Boston is playing at some point in that episode. Um, yeah, sure. For sure. Uh, and, and maybe even like more than a feeling. Um, yeah, sure. I could see dream that. Dream on, perhaps. Yeah. S- some yeah. point in the season. Yeah. 
get a little get a little Aerosmith in there. Um, well, good. Uh, uh, this has been Pilot Program. Uh, you can follow us at Pilot Program Pod on uh, on Twitter if you decide to use that. Um, when when I get more than well, when I get any Blue Sky invites, I'll <laughs> one I'll use it for me first, but then I guess maybe eventually I'll put one for the show, and we'll get the hell off this platform. Uh, but for now, Pilot Program Pod is where you can go to find us on Twitter. Um, you can listen to more of the shows that you're listening to right now by going to shows.acast.com slash pilot program. You can follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Kenneke. That's K-O-E-N-E-K-E. And uh, and you can follow other shows that I do. I do a video game podcast with my good friends um, Bobby Pease and Johnny Amazich. I almost said Pierce Corshane, and that's that's you. That's, that's the person I'm talking to now. It's a different, <laughs> different show. I'm a big um, upgrade over Bobby Pease. <laughs> put that in the cold open damn so he damn. hears it because he's not going to listen past that. he's calling you out he's calling you out bobby uh but you can go watch uh all of those things at the casualhour.com and we we stream every monday wednesday and friday at 10 30 p.m central time that's 11 30 p.m on on the east coast where pierce is um but if you're Thanks on that your if you're on if you're on the bear time that's uh that's 10 30 p.m <laughs> or as we call it central time. Uh, <laughs> i think that's all uh pierce really excited to do twilight zone with you um next and then uh and then yeah so other than that uh thanks for flying with us and we will catch you next time fly me to the moon let me play among the stars and let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. In other words, baby, kiss me. Fill my heart with song and let me sing forevermore. You are all I long for, all I worship and adore. In other words, please be true. In other words, I love you.